She's loving him with her body. I just know it. Oh, Rick, spread, sing to me. Come on, everybody. I'm pretty sure I saw him at the slot bar at Canocti Harbor a few summers ago. Rick Springfield, formerly of General Hospital, for those of you who are that old. Listen, my wife works in healthcare. She works at a big hospital. Here's a rule of thumb. If you're ever sick and, and, and a guy who looks like Rick Springfield wants to operate on you, don't let him. Never let somebody attractive touch you because they're thinking about something else, which is why I would be such a good surgeon. There you go. Um, I've just completely unleashed the whole medical community. My name is Doug Browner. This is the Cars Are Podcast for the week of March 18th. Uh, a couple of things I want to get to, and a couple of things. Uh, one very surprising to me, and I want to resolve once and forever uh, this thing for so many of you who listen to the cast who are so pissed off and and the, the, the vitriol regarding gas prices. It's just, I, I don't get it. Um, there, even USA Today is now in and seems to be just flailing at why gas prices are up. I'm going to break it down for you really quickly. I'm going to do this once and for all. I'm going to try not to yell, try not to lose my mind. First of all, most importantly, the President of the United States, whether it's Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan, or Woodrow Wilson, I don't care who it is. Herbert Taft does not set gas prices for the country. They have no ability. It's a it's a commodity. It's no different than uh, orange juice or um, avocado prices, sugar, uh, anything that's traded. Uh, almonds here in California. It's traded based upon futures. And so, if you ever watched the the movie with Eddie Murphy back in the day, and they kind of did a very basic course on how the commodities indexes it works. If if we think that it's going to be a really cold year in Florida, and all the oranges are going to die, what's going to happen to orange juice prices? Well, they're going to go up because there's going to be less supply, supply and demand. That's eighth grade economics. Oil is the same way. And this thing about Keystone, that he stopped Keystone. First of all, Keystone's already in place. If any of you did even a shallow dive on this shit, you would, you would, you would hang your head about 10 seconds into the conversation and say, sorry. I don't want to shame you. I'm here to educate you. The Keystone pipeline is already in place. The keystone that you're thinking Biden shut down is an extension to the existing keystone. And it delivers oil from Canada down to ultimately what could be the Gulf for the purposes of increasing the rate and decreasing the cost of moving Canadian oil down to the refineries that are in the Gulf Coast. 
That doesn't mean we're going to stop taking Canada already. We already buy almost half of our oil from Canada. We also sell our own oil from fracking and natural gas to other countries. And yes, we do buy some oil from the Middle East. And do you know what drives all that? The same thing that drives where you're going to order your dinner on your iPhone tonight. Cost and appetite. Because there are different types of crude. There's sweet light crude. There's Brent crude. So we manipulate the oil. This is what the oil traders do. How much oil do the oil companies want to refine? Where can we get it? And how much is it? If it's cheaper to buy it from the Saudis, or we'll buy it from them and we'll cut back on the pipeline. If all of a sudden, if all of a sudden Canadian oil dropped in price and we weren't going to buy from the Saudis, and King Abdullah said our prices are what it is, we're going to rely heavily on Canadian oil. The Keystone Pipeline is the greatest military strategic advantage in the world, eclipsing that which the Russians have, because they have a pipeline with China. But ours is bigger, and ours is more reliable, and we haven't even gotten to going up into Alaska yet. And God willing, we never will. It's a pristine place and should never be drilled. But if we did drill it, we drill the hell out of it and oil prices would drop. So what am I saying? Joe Biden has nothing to do with oil prices. Zero. Can't affect him. Can't impact him. None whatsoever. Our, our price is up? You bet. And here's why. Because the recovery is happening. We're rebounding. We're driving more. We have seen an increase in gasoline by about 14% since June of 2020. Diesel prices are up about 8% as we begin to buy more and get out of the house and retail picks up and you go to dinner. So we are consuming more oil and when demand goes up, well, supply needs to meet that, but prices go up. That's what's happening. It's a good thing. Now, I'm not saying it's good. What's not good are all the taxes that states like California put on our gas. Why don't you just break down? Why don't you really look at what gas prices are? Because you haven't a clue. Here in California, almost 50% of gas price is tax. You can thank Governor Newsom for that. Because he keeps, and any politician down in the Capitol, they just keep adding tax and tax and tax and tax. And, 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 and often they take that transportation of that gas tax and they use it for non-transportation purposes. That makes me crazy. But this has nothing to do with Joe Biden. The oil companies, the refiners buy the oil at market, the cheapest market they can find. They then refine it. They then distribute it to the the state or the locale where it's going to be pumped, at which point it is taxed. For you to even waste your keystrokes on these memes or whatever, Joe Biden is raising your, your gas tax. God, I, don't, I, I mean, I keep you guys around on my Facebook pages because I think you mean well and I think you're my brothers, but now you're acting like freaking Fredo. Seriously. I'm going to put, a, put one in the back of your head in the boat if you don't wake up. I don't like high. I, I, God. We're living in an economy here. 
grow up. It's not that bad. But what it is mostly, it is not influenced by the president. Gas prices went down under Trump because demand went down. So what would you rather have? Massive unemployment, a market that begins to collapse, no economy thriving whatsoever, nobody going anywhere, people housebound, the same people who rallied and almost torched the U.S. Capitol are the same people who are griping about great gas prices. If you could see, if you've had a fourth grade education, how incongruent those two strategies are. All right. I think I made my point. If you have a salient point about gas prices, if you've passed like second grade petroleum, write me. I'll, I'll enter the discourse with you. As long as it's productive and it's not mean. Facebook.com slash the cars are. Uh, and you can reach us across uh, multiple social mediums. Facebook.com slash the cars are or the cars are dot com. This part of the show, of course, brought to you by the cars are uh, our flagship garage. El Camino and Bell Street. Stop by. We're open uh, with or without an appointment. And it's just uh, the best darn auto repair and has been for over 30 years. And uh, travel needs for our show provided by Mr. Motorhome. Could we need to get a drop for Mr. Motorhome? He's all over the place because he's always off Mr. Motorhoming. You know what his wife's name is? Mrs. Motorhome. Mrs. Motorhome, yeah. What a coincidence. I mean, I met you and it wasn't like you were Kim Browner. You were... Kim Bird, I, you had to change her name to get married to me. God, think of how easy Mr. and Mrs. Motorhome, they didn't have to change monograms or anything. They just, didn't even have to go to the mailbox. Just flowed just like that. Reader's Digest. I, it's, it's, hard to re, it's hard to say Reader's Digest without catching a whiff of your, your mother's living room. I just, it, <laughs> does she listen to the podcast? You, I mean, it just readers die. Just just evokes a, um, a, a a certain reader. But I will tell you this about Reader's Digest: they're not um, they're not uh, careless with their facts. And they came across my uh, uh, radar this week as for the first time. Reader's Digest uh, did a really uh, good and I mean fair, accurate. And broke out a quality study, uh, which was titled, Which Car Manufacturer Has the Most Fatal Accidents? And I slammed on the proverbial brakes. This is, is a tease. This is a, a well, this is a study I've never done deep dive on because there are so many variants. And Reader's Digest did it. So how did they do the study? It's not easy because if you just said, well, who... What car truck has the has most people die in it? I can tell you, it's Ford, and it's the F one fifty. But that's not fair because the F one fifty is so disproportionately represented that it does statistically it violates about a million rules because it, all things are not equal. So if you have a, a car like the F-150, which there are so many more of, and, and you break it down, they're going to have more 
more uh, deaths uh, in that fleet. Uh, to reaffirm that, and other trucks with high percentages were um, Dodge uh, and Chevy. And again, in their truck lines. Because we have become and are becoming quickly almost a nation of trucks, right? So we're going to be seeing more deaths occurring in the cars and trucks that are most represented on the road. So, you know, Winston Churchill once said, and I can't believe I'm quoting Churchill. There are three types of mistruths. There are lies, there are damned lies, and then there are statistics. I always like that one. I one of the few guys. One of the few real guys I could quote off the top of my head. He was right. So let's get a little more granular on this. So, so how then do we, with, with all of these cars, uh, get it down to what? What's a car that's safer? When when I was a younger guy and I was in the garage every day, people would come up to me all the time. It would happen five times a day, and they'd say, hey, "Doug, what's a good car to buy?" And I would use the um, sense of, well, what cars don't I see the most? And in those days, I was seeing a lot of Hyundais. This was back in the 90s. I was seeing a lot of uh, offshore-built cars that had lost that Japanese quality uh, build that we used to see. And it was kind of easy. Uh, the Ford Escort was a terrible car. Uh, you know, And it was easy for me to tell them, don't buy this, buy this. But as, as global platforming, Began, which meant that there were really only very few companies that were building most of the componentry on these cars and then shipping them, um, which had Kias really being not a lot different than Nissans, than Hondas, than, than even some American cars. We started to see parity um, in, in crash testing and, there, and in reliability. We didn't see good cars versus bad cars like we used to. And so that... It became, uh, you know, the um, a harder question to ask. I will say this, and I'm going to link this uh, entire article because um, it's it's it, it, like I said, you have to if you're going to look at a study, you got to pick it apart and not pick out just the things that work for you. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of cars that Reader's Digest has ranked at the uh, bottom of their polls and um there were six car companies on the list and not any of them surprised me um for two years in a row uh cars ranked uh as a fiat chrysler were amongst the worst in terms of owner satisfaction so that's any car built by chrysler i know they have a new pacifica out i wouldn't go near that car any kind of Fiat, I've driven them. I, I just think that they're awful. Um, Jeep, Alfa Romeo, Dodges were all towards the bottom 10. Again, that's the same car company. I will tell you, FCA, which is what Chrysler is now. I know that you know they keep changing their name. It's because nobody really wants them. Fiat is a car for Europe, and it's a terrible car for the U.S., um, Dodge as a truck line is kind of okay. They're barely breaking even. That whole company is tied up to one thing and one thing only, and that's the Jeep name. Jeep is worthwhile. People still want Jeeps. I'm not sure they deserve all the, um, the you know, the good reputation badges that they get. I think Jeeps can have as many problems as other cars, but they tend to rank a little higher, and it makes the it makes the um, 
the car performed a little bit better in sales. The Volkswagen Group, uh, currently at um, it's what's called the reputation quotient, uh, is at the bottom here in the U.S., and that's for good reason. Volkswagen pulled off for years one of the most expensive and one of the most dishonest tricks on the U.S. public in that they were cheating on diesel exams. Volkswagen uh, is still in big trouble. Volkswagen's a company that has a long history of lying, long history of overselling its product and its quality, a long history of, I mean, if you go back to World War II, using slave labor that the Nazis rounded up and, and, and made them make their cars. I just think Volkswagen is just not even a car company worth considering. If, if you go to a, 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 a Volkswagen dealer, I have no idea what you're doing there. And I've spent my years around cars. I mean, my dad spent 35 years in an auto plant. So combine his 35 years with my 34 years, there's 70 years of opinion right there. There is nothing that Volkswagen is buying that you should touch. At least not now. They keep promising they're going to reinvent themselves as an electric car. We'll see. We talked a little bit about electric cars a while back, and we will be talking about them a lot more. But for now... I'm going to put the uh, Reader's Digest link on the Facebook page. You really should read it. And if you're going to be buying a car, it's not a bad time, but slow down the process. Over the next week or two, we're going to be talking about leasing versus buying, buying new versus buying used, all have a place. I don't have a strong opinion on anything, but there are things that you need to know. So don't go flying off half cocked and, um, you know, let's just, um, you know, don't, uh, don't get crazy. Just be calm and, uh, be safe and, uh, let me guide you, um, you know, then the way you should go. My name is Doug Browner. I am an automotive analyst. I'm actually an automotive genius. I, I don't know. Does that bother you? I say that to you because when it comes to cars, I just know more than you do. Other than that, on any given day, I have a urine stain on my pants. So it's not like I'm a perfect person. Battle Hill Productions is who produces me. My wife, Kim Browner, is the one who loves me most of the time. I love all you guys, seriously. The Czar's back, baby. Facebook.com, iTunes, Spotify. We're on all the platforms. Check us out. We'll do it again next week. Drive safely. I love you guys. We talk again soon.